Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, I'm Clive Anderson. Welcome to My Seven Wonders. In ancient times, hanging gardens, great pyramids and other superstructures were celebrated as wonders of the world. And like days of the week and deadly sins, there were always seven of them. But what are the seven wonders you've put on your personal list? That's the question I ask my guests in this podcast and on this stage. And the guest I'm asking today is an actor, comedian and writer known on TV amongst other programmes for his role as Gordon on Two Doors Down, currently adding to his several successes at the Edinburgh Festival. Please welcome Kieran Hudson. Right, Kieran, thank thank you very much for coming along. So 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 you're here in, in Edinburgh doing a, a show. Yes, uh, I am. So tell, yes. tell us about that show first of all. So we uh, that show is called Big in Scotland. Yes. Uh, because I am a pretty small fry anywhere I go, but uh, I live in Scotland now. You're so. big in Scotland, that's what you're saying. Uh, well, I'm sort yeah. of jokingly saying that, yes. Yeah. Um, I've moved to Glasgow about three years ago, and uh, I'm in a, a sitcom that's very popular in Scotland called y- Two Doors Down. Yes. And, uh, yeah, the, the show is talking about uh, me being uh, a sort of rotten old English person who needs to improve their moral centre uh, and so comes to Scotland in order to be a better human being and learn from the Scots. All right. Uh, well, you're sucking out very well other than, yeah. you've gone, other than you've gone for Glasgow rather than Edinburgh. So you just... Oh, well, uh, this, is, yeah. uh, this is from the World Cycling Championships, which are currently happening in and annoying the people of Glasgow. Yes. Um, so, yeah, and a, a big cycling fan. So uh, I was uh, in Central right. Station buying the merch today. Oh, yeah. uh, jolly good. Um, so I've, I try to imply I'm a bit Scottish when I'm in Scotland. I have a whole built, a show built round that, that I used to do. Oh, right. Uh, but, uh, but I did discover genetically I'm apparently 80% Scottish. So oh, that's, congratulations. Uh, but I still, people still think I'm putting it on. Uh, <laughs> And they think I'll go to Wales, and I obviously say I'm ninety percent Welsh. But, uh, um, so anyway, uh, so, you, so you're in that sitcom, but you, I am. but you, how do you divide your time up generally? Uh, that's sort of taken over a bit. But you, you, do you see yourself as an actor, as a comedian? Yeah, as a... I, I divide my time up between uh, unemployment that takes up uh, a yes. real, you know, the real hefty uh, yeah. slot of my time, and then uh, yeah, every year we we've been having uh, two months of filming Two Doors Down uh, every year. And uh, we've just finished the latest series. Yeah. And um, so alongside that's the, that, the seventh series, is it? Something like that? Yeah, that's the seventh yeah. one that we've, we've So you we've don't know done. when you sign up to do a program, it could, you, know, you do a pilot or you do the first series, it could come and go. A lot of those shows come and go, but this Absolutely. one's really hit home, hasn't it? Yeah, we're, we're incredibly lucky that it has run.
run for as long as it has. And as you say, when you when you get an email as an actor, you just think this might be I might get my train fare and a sandwich. Yes. Um, or I might get a decade's worth of work and um, people coming up to me in Kelvin Grove Park saying, you have to tell it. So, <laughs> you know, it's um, it can go either way. And are, are you good at that? Do you, do you enjoy being greeted in the street? Yeah, it's quite fun. Uh, some people are, are, are very uh, nice about it and some people just yell at you. And then some people are incredibly insulting without knowing it. So people yeah. come up and say, oh, is you in that two doors down? I go, yes. And go, oh, my mum makes me watch that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah it's it's a mixed blessing and then when i'm not doing that um i write and perform my own live comedy yeah uh, during the pandemic when there was nothing to do i started doing little sketches online so um i did these impressions of various television programs that people have been watching so i did some impressions from the crown and impressions from line of duty and i did one that was all right lee received uh, yeah. in february of the latest series of happy valley yeah to do that and then last so who do you year, do in that who's the uh, I did everyone in that. Yeah. Um, so I did. Um, so obviously there was, you know, yeah. Detective Sergeant Carewood. Um, but then my main favourite one to do was her sister. She talks <laughs> like that, you know. I was holding a cup of tea like that. Yeah. Um, and then uh, who else was there? There's, um, who else is there in that programme? Oh, yeah, there's a guy who talks like yeah. that, isn't there? No, Ryan, we don't know what's going on. Um, so, yeah. And it's I, sort of your part of the world, that is. It yeah, yeah. So to... I, I grew up in Huddersfield, which is just there. Hey! Oh, yes, oh, got some, got you've some, got a Huddersfield uh, crew in. Yeah, yeah. got some Kirklees massive in. Yeah. Um, so, yes, uh, uh, Happy Valley is set in the adjoining local authority, Calderdale. Yeah. Um, so, oh, 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 fight! Well... <laughs> The, the uh, entire audience is made up of yeah. rival factions. Never mind Glasgow versus Edinburgh. Yes, that's is the real the it's, real beef in here, right? <laughs> yeah, between competing bits of West Yorkshire. Well, let's see if we've got some things to uh, please them then in in your wonders. Your your so. first <laughs> your first wonder is the East Coast Mainline. Yes, yes. Now Any that, fans I, in? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, they're a bit late, but uh, the uh, <laughs> the um, that's. Uh, <laughs> I've done about 70 of these. I think I think this may be the first uh, railway, you know, um, wonder to have been chosen. Certainly a, a line of the, wow. the British rail network, I think. What I, I'm terrible a, guests you've had before uh, well, now. Well, uh, it's, it's, you know, I've come to a climax. No, <laughs> you that said sounds beforehand, wrong, but, didn't you? Uh, so, uh, <laughs> so the East Coast Main Line. So yeah. I suppose you could probably get a bit of a vote uh, straight off of any audience. It's better than the West Coast Line at the moment because the West yeah. Coast has been in a bit of a bad way. Uh, for the last few years. Yeah, I mean, bless the West Coast Main Line. It's it's trying very hard, um, but it, it cannot hold a candle to the East Coast Main no. Line, which I think, you know, I've been on a fair few uh, great railway journeys around the world, but uh, every time I travel from, from London to Scotland, I would prefer always to go on the East Coast Main Line. I oh. think it's just one of the most beautiful journeys you can do. It's just the perfect length, four and a half hours yes. on a good day. And... Yeah. The it, it takes you through. Uh, I think there's I think there's four cathedral cities that it goes through. Yeah. Um, 
Peterborough, York, Durham, N- N- Durham and Newcastle. Yeah. Yeah. And for, for the eagle-eyed just before Newark, if you look outside the right-hand side of the train on a clear day, you can see Lincoln Cathedral All right. just on the horizon. That's a little, a little tip for you. Okay. There's going to be lots of these red-hot tips. Right? Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, it crosses all the beautiful rivers of the east of England, the, yeah. you know, the Tyne, the Tees, the Weir, the Tweed, That's both nice, oozes. And there's no, no coastal route towards the end as well. And yes, you've got that yeah. amazing stretch uh, before Berwick and, and after Berwick as well. There's castles. You can see the North York Moors, the uh, the Pennines, and you see over to the Dales. It just, uh, I think, takes you on the most romantic, beautiful vision of uh of britain and of course it's you know being from yorkshire it's the right side of the pennines whereas the the west coast mainline gets bogged down in lancashire and it's it's punishment for everyone involved this is just this is just raw prejudice coming out right from the word go but the main thing about a railway it gets you from a to b so some of these lovely sites are great you don't want to be landed next to one and sit there for four hours while they uh or work on a bus replacement service i i have had uh on the it was at the time the hottest day on record but since been surpassed a couple of years ago uh and all of the trains died because of the heat and my train died outside Retford and um, I was there for three hours with no air conditioning. And of course, you're in a metal tube that's yes. just getting hotter and hotter. And a very panicked uh, train manager just kept walking up and down going, we've got to get the doors open! <laughs> um, and <laughs> handing out free bottles of water. So yes, when it's when it's moving, it's, uh, it, yeah. it's better. But uh, I also love the Azumas, the new rolling stock they've got on there. Yeah. Um, it's, it's perfection. And you know, I live in Glasgow, so it's more convenient to go from Glasgow Central to Euston. But uh, yeah, I would. You'd prefer always, to go to Edinburgh and then all, take the yeah. train through to, to Glasgow. Any day of the week, I, I just, uh, I just adore it. And I've yeah. got, um, and and also coming to the Edinburgh Festival when I was living in London for for so long, it was always the great rite of passage train journey where yeah. you were gearing up for whatever this month of August would bring you, yeah. and um, sort of psyching yourself up listening to um, yeah Mahler and Tchaikovsky on the way up. And <laughs> I'm cool. Yeah, sure. And does it, does it ever break down other than that one you, you mentioned there? Is it a... No. What was that? Frequently. Frequently, exactly. Yeah, I would say it's, um, it's always the fault of some pesky little local train yeah. that's uh, Signal. ruining, ruining life. Signals go the... wrong. What's, yeah, what, why exactly. is signaling? What's wrong with signaling? A signaling fault somewhere. Well, I mean, it's uh, all to do with the legacy of privatisation, Clive. But uh, we we don't really but, have time. To but go is into it that. is it is it being renationalised now? This line is it now under well, government control? Uh, yes. So um, the East Coast Mainline has had a particularly disastrous career with um, the, the 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 franchisees, the train operating companies. Uh, National Express said that they were going to make billions of pounds on it, and then they didn't, and had yeah. to hand over to yeah. a government company. And then Virgin came in and said they were going to make billions of pounds <laughs> on it, and then failed and had to hand over to yeah L and R which now run it. So yeah. um there's maybe a clue there yes. into how these things ought I to be. I think we're quite stoic about it though in this country. I, I came back on the um Eurostar, you know, from Paris and it broke down. The train broke down between Paris and the tunnel. Yes. And uh 
every French on the train got really upset because everyone was aiming to go to a sort of morning mm. meeting or something. Uh, and uh, But everybody British sort of said, oh, yeah, OK. Aye. And they just found out, yeah, no, now yeah, I'm on the Eurostar. Uh, yeah, no, no, I can't. And then they you know, cancelled four meetings. And then we all settled down, uh, amusing ourselves, chatting about uh, railways, whereas the French people never got <laughs> over it. It was, like, it, was, it was an affront to their dignity. I did have a, um, a, a, a rather unfortunate experience on French railways recently. I was uh, very excited. I was getting the train from Turin to Paris, right, uh, right through the Alps. Oh, on, lovely! On a TGV yes. it was going to be amazing, and uh, we left Turin and trundled up into the Alps. And you know, the, the mountains get bigger and bigger. And it's very exciting. And then you go through a tunnel, and all of a sudden you're in France. And we stopped at the first French station, and the guard came on and said. This train will be held here indefinitely due to a protest further down the line. <laughs> We've been in France for 10 minutes yes. and they've immediately conformed to every stereotype. Yes, really. uh, we, were, we were at the station of Modane for three hours yes. and everyone was allowed to get out and go to the local cafe, which, ha- which was having the best day of the year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then at the end of it, they said, uh, yes, this train will be going back to Italy. Uh, so we trundled back down the Alps, and it was all because the protest was about a new railway tunnel, ironically, through yeah. the through the Alps. Oh, they didn't want it. They, they didn't want it. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so, but they so, could have done with it. They could have done with an extra tunnel. To well, get, who, to get are we past to, them. who are we to say? All right. Okay. So that's the East Coast Main Line. Yes. Um, and you mentioned uh, the view you get of various cathedrals and things along the route, and yeah. your next wonder is indeed York Minster. So, have we got anybody from York while we're completing? <laughs> Yes. Uh, I well, love the reaction there, which was a sort of reverent sigh. Yeah. Like, oh. yeah. And, and the, that is the correct response. The reverent sigh is the Dean of York Minster at the moment. <laughs> I, <laughs> I should imagine. Um, so York Minster, obviously a fine building, but why have you chosen that of all the various cathedrals that you can look at from your train seat yeah, on your I mean, way to Edinburgh? There's a great many competitors for uh, the title of my favourite cathedral and lincoln is a is another a great one uh but yeah yorkshire chauvinism compels me yes to to choose york minster um i've always loved cathedrals ever since um i was dragged around them as a child by my parents uh we were uh they, they were teachers and so we we didn't have a lot of money but a lot of time and we would go around france yeah. which is full of cathedrals and uh as a way to past the children's time yeah. they would drag us around the cathedrals and uh, they were always sort of these strange magical places with a, a sort of glitchy cd of gregorian chant on in the corner it's like, yeah. Yeah. and uh i just um let's not open up any further religious divides yes. in this, uh, yeah. <laughs> um yeah. and so i and then when i was at um at sixth form Weirdly, they offered medieval history as an A level. Yeah. So, um, so I, I did that and uh, just became fascinated by by the the architecture and the and the history of it, and the way that these buildings are sort of ambassadors from a past that is almost completely alien to us and forgotten by us. Yeah. And yet they they sit in the center of our cities. Um, almost unnoticed at times, you know, next to, I don't know, um, W.H. Smith and, and Greggs and all that. And meanwhile, you've got this thing yeah. that our distant ancestors thought was a recreation of heaven. Yeah, uh, and just, took hundreds of years to build. Yes, yes absolutely. In some cases, yeah. Um, and then when it comes to York Minster, um, I think it has everything. Um, it, it's in the classic English perpendicular high Gothic style, yeah. uh, which I which I love. It also, though, because of the site, 
has been occupied since there was a Roman encampment there. That's yeah. uh, where it is, was where the, the sort of fort was. And then when the, the people of the uh, you know, Kingdom of Northumbria were converted to Christianity by King Edwin in 637. He built a, a little wooden church there to uh, to be um, baptized in. Uh, and then there's a book in the crypt, which is an Anglo-Saxon book of gospels, which is, you know, one of very few in the country. It's this amazing treasure that's just, you know, there for us all to explore. Yeah. And then you go from that, from the from the ground or the subterranean element to the uh, the spectacle of the, the, you know, the height and light of the towers and, and everything like that. And, and then it all culminates for me in the chapter house, which is um, this, the, the building where they, they basically used to have the sort of AGM of yeah. the, uh, of the cathedral, yeah. uh, this circular building. Um, and you, there's a little model outside of uh, the timber work in the roof, which you can't see when you're inside and the complexity of it. It's, it's like, I can only liken it to, do you remember like Windows in the 1990s had those screensavers? Where oh, yes, the pipes I know. Would do yeah, amazing yeah, yeah. things. And you're like, oh, no yeah. human could design yeah. something so complicated. It's it's like that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just, just everything. And did they just do it as they went along and work it out? Or was there a, a designer who, who, you know, who constructed? The, the anonymity of cathedrals is breathtaking yeah. to me. And a, a reminder that, you know, I call myself an artist, but everything that I do and create will be forgotten very, very soon. Yeah. Uh, and as much as it's great to have my name on a big poster or my, my yeah. name in lights anywhere, my name will fade away. And yet the the anonymous crafters of the cathedrals of, of yeah. uh, you know, of this country and Europe have given us something that lasts hundreds of years and they've not sought to be remembered. Well, and I think that's two doors down humbling. will be on. Two doors down, I'll be on iPlayer for many years. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I thought, so, yeah, I'll yeah. see you in the year 2800. Can I just ask you a couple of questions about it? So when you were being taken around as a kid to these various yeah. cathedrals, even when you were you know, in France and places, were you ch chaffing at the bit and saying, well, I want to go to the beach or I want to go and play crazy golf? No, and like, you show me the cloisters, yeah, mum. You, Come yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you, you never felt, oh, I don't want to be doing this. You, you were always a... Oh no, I, I'm 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 sure. Well, the other thing they took us to was all the you know chateau, all the donjons, yes. and that kind of thing. I think I was a bit more into that, you know. Yeah. Uh, I, I wanted to um, buy the little plastic sword and, yeah. and run around and hit my sister with it. And and when you're in a cathedral, do you is it a religious experience for you, or is it merely a an attractive look a look at attractive architecture and history um, yeah i'm I, i'm in some ways sorry to say that it's the latter um i i i suppose i'm uh i'm i'm one divine revelation shy of uh being a believer um but right. i i i think it's yeah, it is a, uh, it, 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 perhaps it's a divine miracle, but it's certainly a human miracle to me, the yeah. creation of these things in a, in a world that, you know, didn't have lifts or, you know, Justin Bieber. Yeah, or, <laughs> or JCBs to or get, JCBs. The, get the stones. Or JCBs, yeah, more, 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 more possibly. Came in there. <laughs> um, okay, and uh, then you mentioned you did uh, medieval history. Yes. Uh, and that, that led you to go to Oxford, is that right? To it do did, yes. history and French? Yes, that's the yeah. one. And where you were a magnificent scholar of those subjects. You did very well. As I understand it, well, the, the, yes, yeah. So I mean, I'm going. Well, this is leading to my question: your te your parents were teachers. Did they expect you to go into an academic career or something more reliable, let's say, than being <laughs> yeah. uh, an actor or a comedian or performer? 
Are you saying my parents thought that my career choices were a waste of my talents and academic no, credentials? No, well, some parents, Maybe. Some, some parents encourage their children to to, to go, but others uh, yeah. say, "Well, are you sure? Are you sure? I, you know how they spoke, but are you sure? Surely, uh, you know, <laughs> you're a sure job as a teacher, you we've, can we've still heard be you doing... try to tell jokes. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, they were uh, tediously encouraging and positive uh, all right. at all times. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, they, I think they did want me to become uh, an academic, but the, the thing I sort of had to tell them was that academia is, if anything, more perilous yeah. than than show. Well, m- yeah, maybe not more, but you know, as as perilous. And I have friends who are academics, and heavens, it sounds like a slog. No, but with a first class degree from Oxford, you could go on into the diplomatic corps with you know, history and French, or you know, there are other, there are. But when jobs- would I do my silly voices, Clive? <laughs> <laughs> That might come in handy <laughs> doing in person. Hello, Mr. General Secretary. How are you doing? <laughs> no, we won't invade Iran today. See ya. So for that, you've yeah. thrown in your chance yeah, to be yeah, Foreign yeah. Secretary. It was worth yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so that's York Minster. <laughs> now, the next one is Easdale. Yeah. Now, Easdale, I immediately thought there's an island of Easdale where slate comes from. Is that the Easdale? That's the Easdale. Oh, jolly. I was worried there was an Easdale in Yorkshire because this is the first. Easdale. (laughs) There might be some area (laughs) round your way because this is the first escape from Yorkshire we've had in your wonders. (laughs) I think we're heading back there, if I remember. We may be, but. Uh, uh, Yes. But um, yeah, well, enough. Uh, eulogizing my own home yeah. or my old one uh yeah i've lived in scotland for a few years and begun to explore it and one of the highlights of that exploration has been the island of easdale i don't know if anyone here's been to the island of easdale I, i've been there but uh yeah, so yeah. there's a few voices there. so it's, yeah, it was it's a, a sneaky it was a... little secret one uh, it's in a group of islands called the Slate Islands, which is always sure to mm. bring people from far and wide. Yeah, um, yeah, just to the south of Oban. Um, yeah. I don't think they even count as Inner Hebrides. They're they're sort of Inner 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 Hebrides. Um, it's hardly off the, the the mainland at all, is it? It's a tiny. Yes, exactly. In fact, yeah. one of them, uh, Seal, has a, a very old bridge uh, yes. that gets to it, and it's um, very grandiosely titled "The Bridge Over the Atlantic." <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, and so you, well, yeah, it is. It, which it, it is, but it doesn't yeah. get you to New York, which exactly, is what you're, yeah. what you're hoping for. Oh no, <laughs> um, Easdale, Easdale. It's so, so good you, they named it once. Yes. So, <laughs> so you, you it, it's it's a magical place, really. You um, you sort of leave the because I think you know there's the tourist trail, isn't there, up in the northwest of Scotland? Everyone's going to Merl or Skye, and you get to Oban, and it's party city, and then you you head south from Oban, and all of a sudden, it's just um, big forests from the Forestry Commission and big roads that the Forestry Commission have paid for to get the logs out of there. And you come to these islands that were famous for their slate quarries. And um, they were. there's a little book that I bought called The Islands That Roofed the World. <laughs> um, and so there's, um, uh, there's Seal and then there's one called Ling. And then there's a tiny little round one called Easdale. Yeah. And Easdale was so rich in slate that the slate was named, the slate of the whole region was called Easdale Slate. And they hollowed that island out like there was no tomorrow. They like turned the whole thing into a series of uh, quarries. And then there's a little village sort of hanging on at the side. Yeah. And then uh, there was a great storm towards the end of the 19th century, which flooded all of the quarries and sort of did for the island's economy and livelihood, which is yeah. very sad. But what that means is that now you you go there and you get a tiny little sort of chug-chug um, 
opening scene of the Wicker Man boat over there. And you can swim in all of these quarries. And because they're they're full of seawater, but they're away from the sea, so they're a fair bit warmer. Yeah. And they're just like the most amazing, spectacular swimming pools that have been carved out by these workers all the way around the island. Mm -hmm. And the views across uh, to, to Mull and then the other Slate Islands and Scarba mm -hmm. uh, are just fantastic. And the one thing I would love to go back to Easdale to see is the World Stone Skimming Championships. Oh, yes. Uh, which take place there because of the very flat, predictable water and the abundance of Slate. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's it's a it's a it's a great place, and I just there's a little museum there, isn't there, as well of the history yeah. of the village and slate making. Yeah. Quite a small museum, but it's, yes, yeah, uh, but it covers the territory. Everything there is 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 small and delightful, and um, I, I I have so much more of Scotland that I want to explore. But yeah. when you asked me some yeah the list of wonders, I just thought that was a place that that filled me with mm. with wonder, and um, yeah, I, I can't wait to go back. Well, that's uh, that's a charming one in a way because you say it's a small and quirky kind of place mm. compared to I don't know. Uh, Glencoe or or the the Coolins or you know or yeah, the other absolutely. wonders of the yeah absolutely you know, the west and northwest of Scotland um, yeah and when we were there there were some other people swimming and I said where is everyone and someone replied um, nobody's got any imagination uh, so um, I thought it was a little cruel but uh, yeah everyone descend upon Easdale now oh, right. once once this goes out. Well, to this audience and then to the wider uh, podcast audience. Oh, no. What have I done? You won't be able to get near there. <laughs> Easdale. So start at Oban, work, work your way downwards. And uh, yes. it's a good day trip. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that was your third wonder. Now we, you're getting further away from Yorkshire yeah. uh, to the Tour de France. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The, 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 the Glasgow Cycling Championship T-shirt is a bit of a giveaway. Yes. Um, do we have any Tour de France people in? Oh, no. no. Right. Okay. It's a hard sell. Hard yeah. sell. Well, but they, you, you may like the Tour de France. Well, maybe you don't. Anybody like the Tour de France? Yeah, Anyone there hate we are. it? There we are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But there's nobody actually <laughs> in. Uh, they're, they're all recovering from. If they, it's because it's a tough. It's a tough gig, isn't it, to, to ride in the in the Tour de France? Yeah, I mean, with it's... or without drugs. Yes. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you, Claude? Yeah. Those days are in the past. Oh, oh good. Yes, oh, everything is that. squeaky clean nowadays. Yeah. Um, it's another thing that I, I you know, it's it's um, a, an inheritance from my parents that I that I love it. Um, it was a, a, a fixture of late summer evenings uh when i was a child watching the the what was then the channel four now the itv four highlights of of the tour and yeah. it's like you get a free holiday in france every year i find still yes. you know and especially on the on the really boring days when they just cut to the helicopter shots all the time because no one's racing and they just go here's another beautiful gorge or another beautiful yeah. chateau or anything but the reason i adore the tour de france is that it's like i i feel it's like a novel um, and like a novel, if you were to read one page of Anna Karenina, you'd think, what a load of rubbish, and throw it away. <laughs> and if you were to watch half an hour or one day of the Tour de France, it wouldn't make any sense. But if you start at the beginning of those three weeks, uh, what unfolds before you is a, a tapestry of all sorts of different simultaneous competitions and stories. And it's full of, I mean, it's, it's a sort of microcosm of, of life. Everything starts with great expectation, and then some of those expectations are surpassed, and some are confounded. There's cruelty and bad luck. There's people with the best day of their life, and people with probably the worst day of their life. Yes. And all of it unfolds until it gets to the point where 
come the the final montage at the end of the final stage three weeks later um you feel like you've been on this incredible voyage with these uh people and they've become your friends in some way and then you get to do it all again the following year yes um now i i, I know you've done this i think it was a show or a play about this about yes. being a uh i don't know the the, both the Tour de France and also being a sort of exchange visit in, in France. You, yeah, yeah. I, I, I keep returning. I've, I've not got many ideas, Clive. So, uh, you only keep... need seven for this. Uh, <laughs> the, 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 yeah. So, yeah, I, I keep returning to things like France and the Tour de France and cycling and all of that nonsense. Um, yeah, I did shows. I did a show about a French exchange, but more importantly, I did a show all about Lance Armstrong. Yes. Um, whose story? No, I was, don't yeah, want to suggest oh. he ever took any drugs then, because <laughs> feel free. Yeah. So you, he was a hero of yours, Lance Armstrong. Yeah, he was. Yeah. And um, so, were you worried when? Were you upset when it turned out uh, he had deemed tremendously? Abs- yes. Yeah. It was. It was. Uh, I mean, I was. I was already an adult, but it was a real kind of loss of innocence, or, or even because it was so many years afterwards, it was sort of like a a retrospective taking away of. A, a, a joyful aspect of your childhood, I guess, and mm. and uh, making you think that you'd been terribly naive the whole time. Because me and all my mates, we grew up in Yorkshire and we were all into mountain biking and the scouts and that kind of thing. Yeah. And and Lance just seemed like the most awesome person in the world, you know. And he was a mm. he's a bit rough and a bit sort of arrogant, but you kind of like that. And and he had the most amazing resurrection story. And I think that that's why his story, above all others in cycling, is the one that has communicated to the wider world. Yeah, and then. That story was only burnished in a strange way when it, it turned out that it was that it was a lie, um, and I thought I'm going to piggyback on that and make a show out of it. Yeah. And then the end of that show was uh, a, a moment of redemption because the Tour de France came to home first. It came to my village where I had grown up yeah. in 2015, and all my friends came back from wherever we had ended up in the world. It was a, a big return pilgrimage. And we all stood on the the big hill that we had all cycled up as children and, and waved them on. Mm. Um, and the the best moment, and it was the most Yorkshire moment, was you know there's the caravan that hands out all the free stuff beforehand, yeah. and Yorkshire Tea were handing out free stuff, and it was a little commemorative uh, thing called Yorkshire Tea. Yeah. Uh, and I made a joke that people thought saw it said Yorkshire the, but they didn't mind. <laughs> and and then uh, the the biggest cheer of the whole day was when a McCain's van came right. up the road yeah. and everyone everyone thought that this like their, their like yeah. the deepest most intimate prayer had been answered and yeah. that the free chips were going to be thrown <laughs> out at them and so there was a chant which was louder than any other chant of the day which was just everyone just going chips chips <laughs> chips 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 and the mccain band came up and all they threw out was these little packets um of um like herbs to put to put on your chips once you'd had them, oh, no. like once you'd gone to the supermarket yeah. and bought them, and so the, the McCain's van was preceded by chips, yeah. chips, and followed by boo <laughs> the whole way up. Maybe chips isn't the the right thing to prepare for a cycle race. An anyway. absolute. Can you imagine the nightmare <laughs> that that would have been like hot chips flying out into <laughs> straight good. from the yeah. deep fat fryers? All right. Well, um, 
Yeah, uh, well, it, it's good it led back to Yorkshire in the end, even though we'd gone off to France. Yeah, it was yeah. Still, I knew it was going to get back to Yorkshire <laughs> anyway. Uh, but I still want to press you on it because it's it. it I, I'm not sure it's a sport that appeals to everyone. I went no. to France in similar circumstances on exchange visits and things, and I can remember in those days it was just a French thing. Nobody in Britain mm. was remotely interested in Quebec, and I just could not get my head around why because the little villages would get terrifically excited as the Oh, the Tour de France is coming through. And then it goes, and that was it. It's all gone. Yeah. And unless somebody actually stumbled in their way and made them all fall over (laughs) or or got upset with a British team that was winning, which they've done recently as well and threw stuff at them. Yes. It was nothing happened. It was like, uh, it was like people cycling. Yeah. See that. You can scarcely go on a pavement in the country now without seeing a cyclist go past you and run you over your over your toes. But so anyway, when, I so- asked, when I asked earlier, is anyone who hates the Tour de France, you really should have put your hand up. Um, <laughs> well, it is. It is. It is. Never. I've never been attracted to the idea of uh, of uh, as a competitive sport and those extra bits they do and sprints and time extra trials, bits. time trials and what, things. Like wheelies? Is it a race or what? Is it? Yeah. yeah. I'll I'll meet you halfway. Okay. And say that in person it is a uniquely disappointing spectator sport. Uh, I think you've come more than halfway. <laughs> <laughs> uh and it is on the whole best enjoyed from the comfort of your uh home and the eagle eye of of the helicopter. Yeah. Um because yeah, as you say, these people tend to be cycling at about 50 miles an hour and so you go whoosh, and yeah. that's it. Um However, there are ways that you can uh, compensate for that. So in Glasgow on Sunday, they had the, the Men's Elite World Championship race and they were doing 10 laps. And yeah. so I went to the steepest hill that I could find in Glasgow. And so what happens there is they're all going far slower. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and they are in a, a much more pain. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, then we got to see them go around 10 times and then you get a pretty good uh, idea of you yeah. know, who's who and what's what. Similarly, a time trial, which you derided so vehemently a Sorry. minute or so Sorry. ago, is actually quite good because then uh, people go past one by one and you can, oh, right. and okay. usually the car behind them has a little nameplate on uh, rather neatly. So you can, you, you can see that, mm. but it is a sport that you uh, have to have uh, yeah, a bit of an introduction to. You have to have someone telling you what it is you're watching. Yeah. And again, you have to invest, I would say, the three weeks to, okay. to enjoy it. So, so if, if, if this time next year you're, you know, you're free and you want a bit of tutoring, well, uh, uh, yeah, please come I, to me. Can I come to France with you for three weeks in July? Uh, and, uh, uh, yeah, if, if you're, yeah. Like, you're, you're paying. <laughs> That's the most unconvincing yeah, yeah. I've ever... Yeah. All right. yeah. An unconvincing diphthong version of yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Glasgow is a, a, a quite a hilly city, isn't it? So that's it quite is. a challenging place to do anything outdoors. Yeah, some of the riders described it as a death race yes. um, on Sunday. So, yeah, yeah. Um, which I, I think is fitting. Yeah. And you, you mentioned you've moved to Glasgow and you're yes. and you, you, you know, you're saying you're trying to fit in or you're trying to adapt. But are you enjoying Glasgow? It's a good, dangerous to say this, but it's a good, fun city, isn't it, Glasgow? I don't think that's a dangerous thing to well, say. Well, sometimes it's a good fun city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so, so, you do you think you'll be there forever now, or is it just while the sitcom is sort of get, getting you? Oh you no, know, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm forever. I'm, Nobody knows forever. Yeah, my, my other half has a has a job there as well. So, um, yeah, I'm not there um, if, for purely mercenary reasons of uh, being there for the sitcom. Yeah. But no, it's it's a wonderful city, and um, there's all sorts of things uh, that you know you can't get in London, like. Um, a place to live 
and uh, <laughs> you know, uh, fresh air, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, cups of tea that don't have those sort of islands of lime scale on them. Uh, uh, yeah, you yes, know. yeah. Um, and uh, we've also got one of those pulley things uh, in the kitchen for hanging the laundry off, which are the most useful things in the universe. Yes. Um, so you can get those in London. You yeah. can, <laughs> but it's less part of the culture. Um, <laughs> So no, I, yeah, I, I love Glasgow, and it's um, you know a, a tremendously walkable city, uh, and strangely quiet because obviously you know the the great post-war planners uh, did a wonderful job of uh, getting rid of all the overcrowding, which means that this, this sort of feels relatively calm yes. walking around it uh, these days. So yeah, it's a wonderful place. And then great motorways uh, taking you through. Oh yeah, that too. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's quite an epic city to drive through. I always think it's it's. Uh, it's quite a, quite a spectacular drive. Not not meeting the East Coast main line with its... No, uh, but it's, yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a funny thing. When you first come to Glasgow, I don't know if anyone here feels this way, but when you first go there, you see this great act of urban vandalism that is the, the motorway network that slices through the city and cuts off the centre from the west and from the north and, yeah. and just puts this huge polluting trench right in front of the glorious... Bozar Mitchell Library, and you think, how was this allowed to yeah. happen? What a scandal! How dare they! And then, when you live in Glasgow for a bit and you start to drive around, you're like, oh, it's very useful, though, isn't it? <laughs> I can get everywhere in about a quarter of an hour. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Now, uh, your next wonder takes us away from Yorkshire. I'll be impressed if you can get it back to Yorkshire. But it's the Eiger, uh, the, uh, the mountain in, yes. uh, in Switzerland. So, yeah. Uh, so wh- why? Are you a, a mountaineer? Or no way, it... man. <laughs> can you imagine? Um, well, I can imagine, but it's... You see my pins. I'm not a mountaineer at all. I'm a, I'm a hill walker. Um, and, uh, there's, uh, I think in every hill walker, there's the frustrated mountaineer who imagines that oh, one day, you know, with enough Kendall mint cake, I might get yes. up Everest. Uh, yeah. and then, uh, I, I went on, on my honeymoon. This, this sounds very, a sort of 
18th century uh, to to see the Eiger. And uh, once you've seen something like that, you think, oh no, this is this is for the uh, the grown-ups uh, or the you know the, yeah. the people with uh, no sense to do. I I, I only I, I love I love nature and mountains and all that kind of thing. And I only chose the Eiger I think because when you use the word wonder. Mm. Uh, it really um, it immediately occurred to me as something that I could not believe I was seeing because it just completely skews the size of it with uh, all of your um, British uh, points of reference, I guess. Because yeah. we're used to looking at um, Box Hill in Surrey and going, oh, that's very tall. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, we think Scarfell Pike is, uh, you know, it's just, see this bloke, he went up Scarfell Pike in one day. <laughs> um, and then you you are in Grindelwald where the Eiger is and you look up at a, a mountain, you think that's a very tall mountain. You see on the map that it's, it's just over the height of Ben Nevis. And you think, wow, what a tall mountain. Yeah. And then you pan around and see the Eiger filling your whole field of vision, yeah. just this wall of rock. And it just, uh, yeah, I, I expanded my understanding of the world, I guess. Well, I, I, I looked it up, it's 13,000 feet tall or nearly 4,000 meters. So. So that's uh, that. That is a lot taller than Ben Nevis. So yes, and so uh, somewhat. Yeah. yeah. But the amazing thing is that yes, there's a railway to the top of Snowdon, and there's a nice cafe. Yeah. But there's a railway in the Eiger. Yeah. Uh, it goes up into the mountain, up the north face, and then it curves round and comes out, and it's this place called the Jungfraujoch where there's a big observatory and you go up and look out over the glaciers and it's the highest railway station in Europe at about three and a half thousand meters yeah. uh, tall. But the most amazing thing is that when it goes up inside the north face of the Eiger, there's a little uh, station halfway up and a tunnel out to the face. Yeah. And so there's a little square window in the side of the mountain and they often use it when climbers get into trouble, if they can make it to the window well yeah they do yeah. they they have to they knock on <laughs> right. and then they climb in and then there's either a train there to take them down or they have to like rescue themselves by walking down the railway line uh inside the oh, mountain wow. uh yeah. back to back to the end and you just think what were the swiss playing at you yeah. know? <laughs> well they're good at that sort of thing but so, yeah. the, so you get up to what what a not not to the top of the mountain but a good way up yes this railway so is that for people who still want to mountaineer but they're you know they're losing a bit of energy so uh or, it's or for what? wealthy tourists yes, i think yeah. was my experience of it uh and clint eastwood i don't know if you've ever seen the film the eiger sanction oh yes, yes oh yeah okay yeah. there's someone clapping for yeah. it but if you've seen it yeah. i wouldn't clap uh <laughs> it's it's a uniquely silly film where clint eastwood plays a uh, super assassin who's also an expert on something um how did and, he get that role the, yeah yeah the assassin who, super assassin yeah. who's also a university professor yeah. and uh you, you know you, you know you're watching a, a film from another era when in the first scene he um slaps a young student's uh, posterior yeah. uh, and says don't try and cheat on your essay again and you're like all right <laughs> i'll keep watching for the mountain scene right yeah and uh, <laughs> the plot of the film is that I don't want to do any more of these assassinations. And they're like, but you must do one more, Clint Eastwood. Yeah. And um, they're, 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 yeah, they're, you've seen the film. That's a good impression of the, the, yeah. the sort of boss um, yeah. who's this mysterious figure. And they need him to assassinate someone who has done in a U.S. agent. They don't know who it is. But the only thing they do know mm. 
is that they're about to climb the Eiger. Oh. <laughs> and so uh, Clint Eastwood has to join this team of four people to climb the Eiger. And somehow during the course of climbing the Eiger, he has to ferret out who it really is. And it's one of those people in the team or is it Well, not to else give the end away, the but distant... it turns out it isn't. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they all die. They all die climbing the north face of the Eiger. Yeah. Uh, except for Clint Eastwood, who gets rescued through that door, goes down the railway, and then his mate, who's been training him to climb, says, actually, it was me. <laughs> and Clint Eastwood says, yeah, I kind of worked that out. Oh, well. Yeah. Uh, and that's the end of the film. And does he not shoot him then and there? No. No, yeah. he doesn't. I think because he says something like, oh, well, you'd save me on the Eiger, so I guess we're even. Yeah. Um, and that, and that's it. I think it is one of those films that is always on iPlayer. Yeah. Um, so check it out tonight. It could be your yeah. your evening's entertainment. The Iger Sanction. It is loopy. Now you describe. I thought I must have seen it, but now you've described it. I don't. I have given away seen. the ending. Yeah. But, well, yeah. No, I, but, but Eastwood did all of the climbing. He yeah. was like, you know, I I want to do this properly. So he did all his own stunts. So there's the the moment where he is dangling off the north face of the Iger outside the window. They had a camera in the window and that is genuinely him you know oh, swinging wow. from from side to side so, so fair play clint earned his money yeah um he's still alive isn't he uh, he, he is he, yes yes, yes. Know, he's, he's, he's saying he's, ever ever angrier things yeah about the democrat <laughs> yeah. he's a bit of a grumpy old man but yeah. i suppose he's he's old enough to be to be allowed to be that do yeah. you do your stunts i mean on when you're acting <laughs> you, uh, yes yeah. i was the cycling you could do the cycling stunts. Sure. it's on my spotlight uh yeah. cycling brackets uh expert i think yeah. is, is how it's listed on my acting cv uh, there was a stunt in an episode of Two Doors Down where I had to um, jump over a hedge and they genuinely had an armorer came and briefed me on like the safety procedures for that. And there was a crash mat and yeah. I had to do like a, a few, um, yeah, Rolls. practice runs of yeah. that. Yeah. So yeah, they take it very, very seriously, but I was insistent on doing my own stunt. There. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have a stunt hedge jumper, do you? That's yeah, it, it would have I mean, yeah. Yeah, been a serious yeah. lack of commitment. And what about, yeah, yeah, what, what, that, is that the most dangerous thing on that show? You, were, you have to eat, you have to eat quite a lot of food, don't you? It, yes, that is, that does get very dangerous. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah. After, after a, a while. And, yeah. um, you, you can make the mistake. So what happens is in, in filming, you do a thing called the wide where they, they film sort of the whole room and then you have to recreate what you did on the wide in every single other shot. So if you make the mistake of tucking in yes. uh, the first time you film it, you're then probably going to be tucking in for a day and a half. Yeah. And if it's, uh, yeah, if it's a burned supper or a Christmas dinner yeah. or a curry, then a lot of, a lot of haggis. help you. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. Uh, so you have to do, I mean, not just you, but a lot of you have to do lots of reaction shots, if that's the right term for it. Because yes. there's often people say outrageous things. Yes. And then everyone else is either... I mean, you keep it quite subtle, but you can see the the I'm inner. I'm glad you think it's subtle. Well, you know, <laughs> but you're not sort of. He's not out. Uh, for those listening, I have just hit Clive Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it is it is subtle. Uh, <laughs> for some reason, it's, it must be me. I keep making this microphone uh, fall down, not fall down, but wobble down. Oh, I'm now. If I sit up, it's the, they assume I sit up properly posture, when I sit. Posture. posture, I know. I'm having a massage after this. So <laughs> tomorrow, this show is going to be up, bolt upright. Um, so you know, where we, so you do have to do a lot of because people say outrageous things about their sex life or something, and everyone else is sort of going ooh. Uh, and uh, you get a lot ooh. of that to do, don't you? Yes. Um, 
it's it's a wonderful ensemble piece and the writers are so brilliant and um they managed to sneak in so many absolutely shocking things yes um because you never see anything shocking it's always just reported in conversation and so there's there's a line a few series ago where uh christine one of the characters talks about fisting and talks about someone being like sooty and (laughs) (laughs) it's just like there's the most eye-watering thing to to see but because the setting is so domestic and benign these things just kind of pass away and it's so weird to me when like i've had like eight-year-old children coming up and saying we love to do those things can we get a selfie i'm like you shouldn't be watching it (laughs) um but yes uh there it's it's a a great play between sometimes you know nine characters in a scene yeah uh and and often the scenes that you know they're far longer than what you tend to get in telly they're often you know 10 minutes long at a stretch and it is up to all of us to keep that going and 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 keep the um the ping pong going of you know comment reaction comment reaction comment reaction um and but what that does mean is sometimes if you're not saying a great deal in a scene yes maybe you're just sitting there for a minute and a half or two minutes between your lines you do end up pulling some very big faces because you're desperate to end up in the edit so oh, you, right. just start, you just start going well look out for them yes okay uh yeah, so, so i'm calling it a sitcom but uh, but it's a sitcom without a studio audience which yes. is a uh, i suppose the modern way of doing things hmm. not, the studio audiences seem to be no longer used in uh in comedies anymore or, not, or hardly ever do you, do you, have you done shows with a studio audience to play because there you have to uh, play a bit bit bigger sometimes for yes. the audience there I've only done it once I was in an episode of an amazing sitcom called Upstart Crow oh, yeah. um, the Shakespeare one the ben Shakespeare Elton. one yeah Ben Elton and I, I was lucky enough to, to, to have one week on that and I adored it because I'm I guess I'm more used to being in front of a live audience with my own stuff yeah and so um, I really um thrived off it and when you're filming something like two doors down there's very little rehearsal you arrive in the morning maybe run through the lines once or twice and then they're really keen to get on with filming it yeah whereas doing it for a live audience sitcom we were together for a week yeah uh, rehearsing it and ben elton was there changing the lines and david mitchell was learning half the script because he had these huge speeches to learn um and then yeah on the night there's an electricity from that from that live audience yes maybe you do play it a bit bigger i suppose and heaven knows my performance was very big on that episode but uh i i found it really um thrilling not all the actors did a lot of them found it uh very very stressful um, well, but, yeah. y- many years ago, before I was in uh, television or radio or anything, I I used to do I used to write for shows and I used to be the warm up person, mm. which is a person who warms up the <laughs> keeps the audience happy. And I but there's so few shows now with an audience that I just like to think that the National Union of Warm Up Men has <laughs> meant that there still is a warm up person in the studio, even though there's no audience to talk <laughs> just, to. Just he gets paid there. anyway, like the eating old days. sandwiches, yeah, yeah. entertaining well, the crew. I'd like to think there's somebody doing that. But oh, uh, it's, it's I mean, you must know this. But it's such a tough gig being a warm up person because you have to. Um, they'll be doing all sorts of camera stuff behind you and setting up and technical things, and you have to just constantly speak to the audience stop them from losing their focus or their attention and a lot of the time it's a stand-up comedian who's giving some of their best material but they have to be ready at the drop of a hat to 
resume filming. So they'll be in the middle of their great their big anecdote. Joke, going, yeah. And then the vicar came in and he said, yeah. okay, guys, we're going yeah. back onto the show. So uh, please give it up yeah. for the cast of yeah. Upstart Crowd. Yeah. Um, so yeah, sitcoms are and, particularly difficult from, from that point of view because sometimes it's you're stopping because somebody spilt the tea as they're handing it over. Yep. So it's just resetting all that, which they're doing as quickly as possible. Yeah. Or, but then sometimes has to change their costume. And it and might be even for four longer. or five hours that this person has to do it. Uh, I it's think. not usually as long as that, but... Uh, oh, well, we it were seems bad like then. it yeah. maybe, but that's uh, what I was doing. Okay, so uh, where were we there? That was the Iger we were talking about. We but, talked uh, about the Iger and uh, the Iger sanction, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so your sixth uh, wonder of the world is, uh, is a yew tree. So to tell us about that. Yeah, this is uh, another wonder of Scotland. Yeah. It's the Fortingall Yew. You yeah. heard of the Fortingall Yew? Yeah. Yes. Wow. So uh, in a churchyard in Perthshire, there is the oldest tree in Britain, and it's reckoned to be between four and 5,000 years old. Yeah. And they built a wall around it in the Middle Ages because they were so worried about people taking bits of it um, as, as souvenirs, you know, sort of memento mori. So you, you turn up there, and it's a, a very, you know, it's a small little village um, in, the, you know, in, in the highlands, I think, near, not far from Loch Tay. And... Uh, there's just this little, again, you know, a bit like cathedrals, a little uh, ambassador from eternity. And this living thing that has been here since the creation of the pyramids that predates the Romans, predates Christianity, yeah. predates even Judaism, I think. Um, you know, and, and I was utterly spellbound mm. visiting it. There's another one, uh, there's another yew tree, and yew trees are often found in churchyards because the churches were built next to the ewes because the ewes were worshipped and revered by pre-Christian societies because of their seeming eternity. They were, they were thought to live forever and they represented a connection to eternity. And so when Christianity arrived and did that wonderful number in taking over the existing holy sites yes. so as not to rock too many boats, uh, churches often... Uh, were built next to these these sites, and so yew trees are a common feature of yeah. churchyards. And uh, there's one in Barnet uh, that's uh, two thousand years old, so you know it predates London as well. Yeah, well, there's quite a few. Uh, there's uh, yeah. Who's uh, been looking up his yews? Well, I, I, I'm I'm interested in trees, but I, I I agree with what you're saying, but they are fascinating. The other bonus about yew trees that is poisonous to uh, to you know uh, mm. sheep and cows and everybody, so they don't get. Yes. chewed away so that's that maybe people apart from the ones that when churches were built next to them they, they would plant those because they're the only or those yeah. things that would survive so, that, I'm so not the cows sure. wouldn't dig up the the, yeah. the, the, the the corpses I'm not sure everyone's absolutely certain how old these trees actually are including I'm this certain, one because there's no there's no it's 4,000 no years old tree. there's a board that says that people from Kew Gardens have come and investigated <laughs> it it is 4,000 years old sometimes <laughs> They're estimates of 2,000, 3,000, 4,000, 5,000. And that applies oh, and that's to the, not uh, enough for you, is it? No, no well, I'm just... The, there's one in uh, Surrey, the Crowhurst U is a very old one as well. There's one in Wales. So, so, But it is sometimes, yeah, said to be the oldest uh, tree in 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 Britain. So uh, so it's... As a, as a Scot, I will claim it for Scotland. Yes, uh, as the, definitively the, the oldest. But yeah. there's, there's all sorts of champion trees uh, in Scotland. There's a, a place up near um, uh, Inverary... Um, the name of which now escapes me, but it's just at the top of Loch Fine. Oh yeah, I know. And uh, it has a, 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 a 
arboretum that's full of uh, many of the, the you know the tallest oldest. They, they claim um, the tallest tree there, but there's a, yes. there's another tree that sometimes there's a yes, competition it, going on. It, I don't um, know if it's still the. And sort of like, yeah. has it been a windy day and has the, has the crown of it sort of, you know, snapped a little bit, yeah. that sort of thing. Um, yeah, I I'm conf must confess to, and I'm, I'm feeling increasingly intimidated by your knowledge of trees. Uh, well, I <laughs> am, as I'm it happens, president of the Woodland Trust, but that, but that just, oh, it, but, that, but, but that just, that, <laughs> that, that doesn't that doesn't imbue me with oh no 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 but it doesn't imbue me with with super amounts of knowledge and it just means I'm more embarrassed if I get something wrong because I should I should know what right, I'm talking about. Great, the stakes for you are higher. Yeah, yes, <laughs> but, but, so I was very pleased to see this as uh, as your suggestion. But I just I'm so I'm not King Glass. Yeah, King Glass. Yeah, yes. But there's a yeah. tree shop just further around the lock. You can go and buy small trees and plant them, and if In you the wait a few that, thousand yes. years, you'll uh, you'll have a tall tree as well. Um, um, so you're so I think I should be recruiting you to the Woodland Trust. You should become a, I, a I am an ambassador. A, I'm already a regular donor, but I will um, happily become an ambassador. An yes. ambassador. Well, uh, you can take it from me. I'll be putting that through the system. <laughs> my, my powers are rather limited, but uh, I could certainly Great, make... fast tracked by the president. I yeah. love it. <laughs> do they need funny voices in the woods? They certainly do. They certainly do. You could. Uh, you could probably play voices for the squirrels and things like that in, okay, a, in an amusing film. What but... a lovely nut! You know, <laughs> I could do this all day. It was lots of good. So that was a red squirrel. Can you do a grey squirrel now? Which would uh, be less. What a lovely <laughs> nut! <laughs> Perfect. Well done. Okay. Well, I thought we were. Uh, I thought we were keeping well within time, but we're not. We're running out of time. We've got one more wonder to do, which yeah. is, which is, uh, you can remember what that is, can you? Yeah, it's my cat. <laughs> Callahan. Oh. Callahan. Yeah. Is he named after Jim? Yeah. <laughs> so, but you could, can you even remember Jim Callahan? Oh no! I mean, it, he was out of office uh, a solid decade before I was born. Yeah. Um, but so he was. A, he had. He'd been Home Secretary, Foreign Secretary, Chancellor of the Exchequer, and yeah. then Prime Minister. Not specially successful in any of them. No, really. no, no. Yeah. Uh, the, the devaluation when he was Chancellor, yeah. um, putting the the troops into Northern Ireland when he, he was Home Secretary. I think he was in charge of the country when everyone got fed up with him. And well, I think you're taking came... a rather parochial view. <laughs> I would not say that there is mounting chaos. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's. Uh, I I don't know. I mean, the 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 legacy of Jim Callahan, one way or the other, is is. Uh, a debate for another time, but I just think it's a lovely name for a big grumpy old cat. Yes. Uh, and my dream, which uh, my my husband is currently stamping on, is to have um, two cats, one called Callahan, one called Wilson, and to have them sort of, you know, like yes. fight with each other around. around <laughs> um, but uh, you but know, if you want uh, them to fight, surely you want somebody from a, the opposing party, Callahan and Thatcher. See, you try having a cat called Thatcher in this country. Oh, all right. Uh, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just trying to set up the fighting. Because as far as we know, Wilson and Callahan got no, on they did. well they, enough. They so. did get on, yes. I'm, yeah. um, but uh, Callahan is uh, currently, he's not quite at uh, grumpy old prime minister levels. He's only nine months old. Oh, right. Um, which is, so, so, yeah, it's a somewhat incongruous name for a kitten. I'll, I'll, I'll agree. No, no, it's a good name, but, uh, but um, nine months, you, you don't know quite what this cat is going to become, I suppose. It, is he um is he an aggressive cat or a, a, a <laughs> come and sits in your lap and purrs all yeah, day? Yeah, so he his breed is uh it's called Ragdoll. 
um, oh, which is, yeah, the crowd's with you some, on this. Got uh, some yeah. fanciers yeah. in. Yeah. Um, the crowd you lost with the East Coast mainliners come back to you <laughs> <laughs> with the cats. Uh, yeah, ragdolls uh, were created by a lady in California in the 1960s uh, to be completely docile and friendly. And boy, did she succeed. Yes. Um, he has, I would say, next to zero survival skills. You know, like <laughs> a, a blue tit would come down and kill him, I think, if, he, if we ever let him outside. He uh, waits by the door, and when you come through the door, he greets you by falling on the floor and sort of rolling. And yeah. Going, Hello. All right. Um, That's so, very yeah. unusual in cats, though. It isn't is it? very unusual yeah. in cats, but it's, um, yeah, it's my kind of cat. You know, easy. It doesn't require any work. Um, so, uh, yeah, yes. he's, he's the cutest, easiest, uh, most stupid thing in yeah. my life. And, um, yeah, I, I wonder every day at, uh, how this bizarrely lovely creature, um, uh, is, is friends with me. Okay. That's good. So you've always been a cat person rather than a dog person or yes. did you have lots of pets when you were growing up? Or? Uh, we always, we always had cats. We had, uh, Tatty who was very tatty. Uh, and then we had uh, Domino, who was black and white, and uh, then we had Muffin, who was enormous. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then I left home, and, and Muffin passed away. And I said to my mum and dad, "So when are you getting another cat?" And they said, yeah. "Why would we do that?" And I said, "For me." Um, and the, this logic uh, did not sway them. So I, I've had to wait until, uh, yeah, becoming a, a mortgage owner. Uh, yes. in order to get a cat of my own. Uh, but uh, no offense to Tatty, Muffin and Domino, but I've got the best one now. Okay, well, that's, that's always good to whoever is the, you know, the latest the, the, one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, okay. I'm more of a dog man myself, but I'm, I can see your affection for this cat is... Uh, is strong. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I'm not here to convert anyone to anything. You, no. you, you know, you have your thing. We often have, have cats my... as well, but uh, the the last what, cat is. What do you mean you often have them? Like, well, you feed them to the dogs. No. <laughs> I've been I've been a, a mortgage holder or a, yes. a, a married person for many years. Uh, my wife came with a cat. Uh, I resisted getting <laughs> really? a replacement one, and I uh, and then uh, came with a cat makes it sound like a magazine that has a lolly on the front. <laughs> Oh, no, that was like that. Yeah, so, so I knew I was getting. Then I resist to having another one. But this, uh, the one that's just just left us, uh, she was born in our front area in our house. So I found the the mother and and some kittens. Oh, so I couldn't, you know, turn them over. So we had to have at least one of them, even though we already had a dog. When I said, "Well, the nice. dog will never get on," but cats do cope with the dog uh, yeah. perfectly well. But um, as I said, I tend to prefer the dog myself. We only have a dog at the moment. Well, um, you get a rag doll and you'll never look back. Uh, I Yes, I've got a very... Name uh, it Atlee. I've got a very uh, stubborn... Having a wonderful time. I've got a very stubborn breed of terrier. I knew it was a stubborn breed, but I was not prepared for just how stubborn she is. And, a Yorkshire terrier, uh, maybe? No, no. It's a, oh, no, that would have been so, a lovely punchline. whole thing, Shall I say, yes, it's a... No, because <laughs> <laughs> well, that, no it's, a, it's a very obscure breed of terrier, but... Uh, um, but there it is. Uh, so this has nothing to do with this. No, this one. Now, anything I say about myself is is relevant to these uh, this discussion. It's all about your wonders. Are you the president of the Terriers Trust or uh, something uh, like that? I'm going to apply. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe I'll get a rag doll. This, uh, this sounds like a charming uh, cat. There's breed. a lady in Clyde Bank will do you a lovely one. <laughs> well, I've been told that before. But I'm... Uh, I'm... <laughs> I... Um, 
drawing a halt to this discussion, <laughs> which is turning into a script from two doors down. Uh, so, so thank you very much, uh, Kieran, for uh, telling us about your, uh, your wonders. Um, I have to now decide what is the wonder of wonders, the, the, which of your wonders that you advocated for uh, so well. I should just have the list in front of me so I can make sure I'm not excluding something. I don't think I want to go for the East Coast uh, main line. Oh, what? Uh, oh, no, you, you, you wanted me to go for that. Yeah. Uh, I think... Um, it's free uh, choice, man. The, the one I'm going to go for, because it's somewhere I've been and somewhere I find charming, and it may be news to people listening to this, is Easdale. So, so to add to the tourist trade for Easdale... The Argyle Council will be overjoyed. Y- you'd have thought, you'd have thought, <laughs> wouldn't you? So therefore, you have Argyle and Butte, a local authority. Easdale is your, your wonder of wonders. Thank Woo-hoo! you. Thank Congrats. you very much. Kieran Hodgson for sharing those. Thank you for having me. If you enjoyed this episode of My 7 Wonders, it would be wonderful if you could rate and review us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you found us. Thank you for listening. My 7 Wonders with Clive Anderson is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creative Network. 